Welcome to the Aquarian Vision, a place where we explore the universal laws in our everyday lives. I am your host, Cher Kirti, and in this second episode, we explore another universal law, the law of correspondence. And this time, we take just one aspect of it to discover something about our relationships, a blind spot, a part that we often forget to reflect and take a moment to see what can be revealed on the other side. The law of correspondence can be better known as as within, so without, as above, so below. In the last episode, I spoke on law of polarity and how it relates from the micro to the macro how understanding something at the micro level the fundamental factual science-based level that we can begin to understand the macro the bigger ideas the things that we often disagree about things that people find are opinion-based versus fact. But if we accept the law of polarity, we can begin to recognize how the micro and the macro mirror each other and also represent a timeline of evolution that goes on and back and forward and meets each other in the center forever. So I want to continue with this theme of the universal laws and touch on another called the law of correspondence. And this is more so as above, so below. Not only an evolution of two sides participating in this dance, but how in this present moment the external and the internal are mirroring each other. So with the law of correspondence, it states that patterns repeat throughout the universe. And on a personal level, our reality is a mirror of what's happening inside of us at the moment. Kaiser, Kaiser's mantra for this law is it's happening for you, not to you. If our life is chaotic, and fearful, she says, it is because there is chaos and fear within. If our life seems calm and grounded, it is because we feel peace within. And this is not to say that it's your fault. That some reason the world isn't working because of me. Because of you. So... To first accept that there is no need to shame ourselves for creating destruction in our external reality. And if we witness that, how can we take a step back and ask, why am I seeing this? Not only why am I seeing this, but why am I frustrated with it? Why does this person, place, subject, topic make me feel so afraid, resistant, anxious, sad, 
why because there is a why that we can give answer to versus looking for someone else to answer our feeling of injustice our frustrations it makes me think of when people say you must answer to your crimes or you must answer to justice whatever it is there's this need to ask for an external to answer for something we feel upset with how do we answer that ourselves we ask ourselves we give the power back to ourselves by saying why is this showing up for me and in jordan peterson's newest book beyond order he has 12 rules listed for life continuing on from his last book in rule three he brings a, a similar topic up to how the internal reflects external but more so how can we explore this why do not hide unwanted things in the fog extracting useful information from experience is difficult it requires the purest of motivations things should be better not worse to perform it properly it requires the willingness to confront error forthrightly and determine at what point and why departure from the proper path occurred it requires a willingness to change which is al almost always indistinguishable from the decision to leave something or someone or some idea behind therefore the simplest response imaginable is to look away and refuse to think while simultaneously erecting unsurmountable impediments to genuine communication so he begins to explore what objects we hide in the fog and this fog being our unconscious our sadness our emotions the depression that can easily weigh over ourselves and deplete our energy and life force our ability to grow and expand and continue just to operate throughout our day and when we have these sharp hidden objects in our fog and we are not willing to look at it ourselves we enter relationships with this daunting territory and we invite others to explore the thorny woods to rescue us, to see us, to fight, to know us and be with us. And yet we don't do it ourselves often enough. And when we enter a relationship and someone isn't willing to go through the thorny woods to awaken this part of you that you've hidden in the fog, suddenly you feel it's impossible. If someone who says they love me aren't willing to do it, how can I? And if I'm not willing, how can anyone love me? It's a double-edged sword because we can choose to stay alone and not enter relationships thinking that this is something that cannot be absolved because we are not willing to work on it or we enter relationships without um, taking any responsibility for what happens in the relationship thinking it, it was their weakness to not go through 
this challenging obstacle that we've laid out that is who we are and to hold on to that foggy kingdom to grip onto it to almost spread it across the lands so that everyone is in the same fog and now no one can say anything now everyone can understand because they're in they're with you So what can we do and why is this important? Why is it important to understand, one, taking accountability for what difficulties we may present in life with our relationships and work with others? Because then we have the power to shift all of it. We, it doesn't quite make logical sense. Um, in the way where the ego works, right? It just doesn't make sense because we think it's not my problem. It's not my fault this person's a jerk. It's not my fault this person isn't giving me what I want. But is it? <laughs> because that's what you're feeling. So that's one, taking accountability. Two, compassion. Understanding how people are in this thorny woods and foggy kingdom themselves, isolated, waiting for someone to go and rescue them or understand them, or not waiting at all. It doesn't have to be a damsel in distress situation. It could just be you are the queen of this kingdom and you're okay with it. And often that shows as power. I keep getting the image of Sleeping Beauty and because I think that's, she's like hidden in the castle and it's like covered in thorny branches and the prince has to go rescue her. But if you think of the queen, I cannot think of her name. She's sort of like Maleficent, but I know that's a different, like, is it a different story? I might be thinking of the same one. Some figure like Maleficent seeks power and youth and that is enough for her. But she wouldn't have this insatiable thirst for power if she had love. And she wouldn't be so disappointed all the time. <laughs> because love keeps defeating evil. And that just doesn't make sense to them. We can eradicate evil with love, I would say sounds too simple and that's why um, he further elaborates in this chapter how the world is full of hidden dangers and obstacles and opportunities leaving everything hidden in the fog because you are afraid of the danger you may find there will be of little help when fate forces you to run headlong toward what you have refused to see Because you're the one searching and you're the one lost, hurting yourself in the fog. To get out of it, we have to go through the same path that we desire others to go through for us. And say it's not 
let's move away the need for love connection for a second say you're someone who's really independent i'm okay here there's no rush sure that's true there is no rush just do it when you can but knowing that understanding exactly where you are consciously versus letting this be a landscape that's in your unconscious and have it manifest as these sharp I see it almost like if it's underground and say these thorny branches begin to grow onto the surface of your conscious waking life it's like these prickers all over the grassy field and you're walking on them stepping on them and you're irritated and you're like why are all these like thorny prickers everywhere and why do I keep stepping on them um, that's what happens when we don't understand why and even if it does happen to just remember I can let it go I can understand it is what it is it's not something that needs to be changed it is a gift a mirror to see ourselves parts of it that maybe we didn't want to see uh, yeah sometimes it feels so scary or it could be so beautiful you know sometimes people are afraid of seeing the most beautiful parts of themselves too so I can't imagine and sometimes we need others to tell us that to believe it but it doesn't change anything to have the accolades of a million to even have the deepest words of admiration and acknowledgement from our closest friends and family it doesn't change how we feel about ourselves on the inside it doesn't change the landscape we've created and from there we project this outward assuming everyone else must be the same everyone else must be judging me just like I'm judging them everyone else must be feeling or scheming or however it is that you feel you are you allow others to fill those shoes and it's so much more nuanced and complicated than that everyone's landscape is really so different and yet we are going through very similar journey feelings it's like destiny has a specific geometrical shape and we move through this structured ride but there are the nets and webs in between that we weave that are very unique never the same So we can understand that our external reality is a mirror of our internal we can begin to slowly untangle the knots that lead to feelings of frustration and pain and separation opening ourselves up to opportunity for joy as within, 
So with that.